Roshni. And I'm Dion. Welcome to the In Life Podcast. Where we try to figure out life together. Okay, story for the listeners. (laughs) There was a time that Dion and I... Dion was meant to be my people manager at one point. And... (laughs) (laughs) And so me and Dion we're scheming to make this happen. And so it was also like Dion's birthday, like the few days before or that day. So I was like, Dion, I'll take you out to dinner at Tres Tequila Bar. (laughs) So prior to us going, there's an office happy hour. (laughs) And Dion and I are like, all right, let's just stop by real quick and then leave. And then somehow Dion takes a shot (laughs) at this happy hour. It's, mind you, 6 p.m. We walk over to Trace Tequila Bar, maybe a 20-minute walk, and we're like, okay, so, like, how do we make this happen that you're my people manager? I'm, like, super strategizing, and then Dean's like, wait. I'm like, what? And you're like, I think I'm drunk. And I was like, oh, perfect. And I was like, so just getting back to it, Dion, do you know who an HRBP is? Like, how if I want to leave this company? And you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your face is, like, red. And you're like, just so you know, I want to let you know, I don't want this to taint what it's going to be like if I was your people manager. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we get to Trace Tequila Bar. Oh and I was like, all right, happy birthday, Dion. Drinks are on me and dinner's on me. It's like us and nobody else and this waiter. Oh, the waiter. <laughs> I forgot. And so then I buy us a Picture of sangria, mistake, because Dion is a lightweight and I don't drink that much. And I don't like wine either. Yeah, and you don't like wine. So then what? You had one sangria, and then Dion and I were really simpy, and we're like, man, I'm so happy we have friends like you at Medallia. Like, I can't believe we met. We're so lucky that we've met. And then there's like this long period of time where Dion and I look into each other's eyes, and Dion's like, crying and we just are nodding at each other i'm not kidding it was like two minutes of us sustained eye contact and then he like tells the waiter that that waiter is the best waiter he's ever had he's like i think feedback's really important and i have to tell your manager that you've been doing such a good job which is really noble and great so that's all to say i told my friend jackie this anecdote about you and then she you listened did? to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I told her God. this when I lived with her. Oh, and then God. she listened to this podcast and she was like, this is Dion? Oh, like, God. Yeah, he cried at Tres Tequila Bar after taking a shot and a half, maybe. Oh, my God. So for the wow. listeners, that's Dion. I really didn't think. Mm-hmm. That this was going to be the story that you were going to tell. Really? What did you think I was going to say? That's like one. I have a picture from this linked in the you show notes. You remember so many details about that. That's it was just so comical to me that you would have been my people manager and you were just like, we were just like crying yeah, sitting next to each other. Dodged a bullet, right? Dodged a bullet. We would not have been able to start Dude. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been interesting though. It would have been interesting. Right? office politics to another degree we yeah. probably would have just called it like office politics yeah it would have been not as interesting um okay last question what does simpy yeah. mean oh big dog okay also for the listeners dion is 28 <laughs> you wow. may not be up to wait. date with everything wait 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 are you wait. 28 uh, are you 27 
You might be 27. No, I'm 28. I'm 28. Putting my age on blast. Um, what? Simpy is like really sympathetic, like simp, S I M P. (laughs) So if I say you're a simp, that means it's like, why are you crying when I just said I'd liked that we know each other? Like, you don't need to cry about that. Interesting. Mm, Interesting. Anyways. Anyways. I don't know how much of this is making it into the podcast, but it's fun to address the listeners, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, but I also kind of want to know how you're doing. <laughs> Longest podcast intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else actually was like, Roshni, you need to have inside jokes in your podcast. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. You gotta get on that. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You have an inside joke you'd like us to use. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god. Anyways, yeah. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. Yeah. I mean that in like the most literal sense of the word. All right. You know when people ask you how are you doing, mm-hmm. and everyone just says, "Oh, good. How are you?" Like, I think I'm really just doing all right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Trying to figure out, okay. Trying to figure out what to do with my free time. One, I started um, learning how to make videos. So I, oh, I should send you my Yosemite trip video. Uh, just to like make the trips that I go on a little more, more memorable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always nice to have like a recap video. So I started doing that and it's cool, but I'm looking for some more things to do and I can't, I just, I don't know what to do. I wanted to, I haven't been in the gym since COVID started. Dude, I was going to say your arms look big. I'm not even kidding. Maybe it's because you were like, oh no, you like lifted your arms up into the Zoom video. Flexing for the listeners. Um, (laughs) Um. like it's so hard to get equipment Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i've kind of been flip-flopping on if i want to like buy home cardio stuff like resistance bands um weights a barbell you know stuff like that and with the weather and the smoke like it makes it so hard to do anything so i felt very cabin Mm. feverish the past yeah two. yeah i have received um lots of recommendations to get resistance bands people say they're good although i'm not sure are you trying to build mass or are you just trying to stay lean i'm just trying to prevent any further loss of muscle because i feel it oh you feel it oh my god i feel it oh really yeah so at your phase of your metabolism do you just lose weight like you just lose weight you don't gain weight uh meaning you lose weight in math in muscle and just like fat no 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 well uh, it's hard to say like i i think now i'm not working out but i'm still eating so Mm -hmm. i think my weight has plateaued or stayed Mm -hmm. the same but i'm losing muscle mass like i can feel it oh um what about you how are you doing I'm doing well. I've lost all my motivation for my job. And 
I don't know how specific I'm going to get, so I won't get that specific, but I got lost all motivation. Um, but there's some prospects in the future, which I'm very excited about. So I hope that happens and I hope I can say goodbye, which means Dion, you will need to be hosting our zoom meetings because I will not have <laughs> zoom anymore. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Um, I've been doing pretty good. Last week we went to Joshua tree. That was so great. Yeah. Wasn't it was it really hot? hot. It was very hot, but we just like slept around inside and chatted a lot and just had a great time. You and then I came back. Moment? Did I have a spiritual moment? Not really. It was just really comfortable and nice. With those friends, it feels like we're in the same headspace all the time. Like all of our brains are pouring our thoughts into one mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. So it never feels like, oh, I can't say this because that'd be weird. It's just like, I'm just going to say this. Mm -hmm. um, then I came back and then I was kind of feeling really tired. Then it was my birthday last Friday. That was good. Yeah. And you Dion, for the listeners, Dion sent me a huge present. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Reeling yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Um, it was good. I got a lot of surprises. I got a bike. That'll be, I'm going to whip around on my bike now. Yeah, dude. It was so, so, I cried. I like, my parents got me a bike and I did not, I told them, I don't not want anything. I don't want anything. Please don't get me anything. And then they got me a bike. I'm like, okay. Um, and I'm really excited. It's called the Giant Something uh -huh. 3. Oh, so it's a road bike. Correct. Ah, yeah. Nice. The helmet's coming in today. I'm going to whip around in my bike. Um, it was a really great day. I had a surprise Zoom call at the end of the day. I almost cried then. I've been crying a lot. Hmm. And then... Very simp of you. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nice. Um, yeah, then I've just been watching a lot of West Wing. I don't know. I've been kind of in a weird mood because I just really want to leave my job. Time out, time out, time out. You, <laughs> yeah. you, watch, you watch the West Wing? I love Martin Sheen. How have we never talked about this before? I just started like three <gasps> weeks ago. It's incredible. Dion, I cannot articulate to you how much I'm enjoying it. It's literally one of the best shows ever. It's so good. It's very good. I love Martin Sheen. Okay, here's what I know. I think Josh and Donna is like a lot of people's favorite dynamic. Uh -huh. Okay, here's some strange assumptions I suddenly have of like, mm, this must be what it's like to be president, huh? I think I'm like, oh, I 100% know what it's like to work in politics. And then I was like, do I want to work in politics? No, I don't. But it's such a good show. Really mm -hmm. just highlights the these characters are so deep and I don't know, you really empathize with them so deeply. I love it. Stacked cast, dude. Martin Sheen. Okay, I also watched The Departed recently. The Departed. Yeah. I go clop. <laughs> My sister and I have been doing that to each other every day. Are you a clop? <laughs> yeah, that is an amazing film. Yeah. I have never seen listening. it. Uh, how do you know? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me saying, are you a clop if you don't even know? Because well, I know enough about it. Like, I've seen so many clips of it that I basically understand the premise of it, but I've never actually seen it. All right, what were some questions we can talk about today, big dog? Mm, well, 
the one that came to mind was so I'm a big believer and fan of Freudian psychology. So talking about how what you were like as a child or experiences and or traumas that you had as a child, how they shape you and who you are. Mm. Have you thought about that all that much? A little bit. I do remember you brought this up once where you were like, I bet we could map experiences you have as a child to personality traits you have now. Yeah. Have you done that? Um, I don't know if I've like consciously done it and written them down, you know, but there have been, there have definitely been moments where I'll do something and then I'll realize, oh, I think I know exactly why I'm the way I am right now because of some memory or something that happened in the past. Mm. Um, Can you give examples? (laughs) Is it going to sound bad if I don't have an example right now? (laughs) Yeah. Um, What about, okay, I have a question. What about your whole thing of like group harmony? Where did that come from? Or your whole thing of like, I wash the spoons and then I wash the forks and then I wash the knives and then I wash the spoons or whatever. Big spoons, (laughs) you know, those. Um, Yeah, the group harmony thing, I don't really know, to be honest. It's, um, I think the easy answer is, oh, because I'm Chinese. Mm -hmm. And Asian cultures value like collectivist sort of societies, you know, mm-hmm. and everything is like for the good of the group, your family, your identity, as opposed to individualistic ones. I don't know if that's really the case, though, because I don't know if I really recall, ironically, if I really recall instances in my childhood where parents or like adults role modeled group group harmony type behaviors. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just something that I've just been super perceptive of throughout. You don't think, I mean, I feel like a common story there would be like, I was super left out when I was young. And so now I want to just mm. make sure nobody feels left out. Do you have that narrative? No. It's almost yeah, like. I don't think you did either. The opposite. Yeah. But it was like consciously you knew I'm not being left out or it was like, I feel this inclusive. Like, did you put a label to that inclusiveness that you had at any point? Uh, not until it, I right? got into college, yeah. Not until college. Yeah, before it was just like, oh, I like, I, I think part of it has to do with just me being super perceptive of emotions. Mm and feelings i think we talked about this before right the whole like Mm. mirror neuron thing yeah yeah i think like just because i sense it like i react to it i don't know i don't even know how to explain this Um, oh and it's yeah i think that's i think that's a big part of it the other thing is i don't know i just it just always like felt better right to have people in a room Mm -hmm. maybe it was almost like a defense mechanism like if someone felt uncomfortable, I would feel uncomfortable. I was going to ask you this because I think I feel that where it's like, you know, a scenario where like someone new joins your team or like someone who's kind of fringe has mm-hmm. come into your hangout sesh where you are all really close. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Okay. Two scenarios. If they're fringe and you have like your gang, how do you feel if that fringe person came with you into this group versus how do you feel if that fringe person just came into the group? Yeah. Ooh. 
Great question. Um, if the person came with me, a great example would be like introducing Kathleen to my friend group. I would feel this extreme responsibility to make sure that the person that came with me felt included. But I would also feel like a responsibility to almost like inform other people. Does that make sense to reach out? I don't, I don't know if I'm framing this. Is it like you're trying to make connections between Kathleen and a friend so that they can talk on something like that? Yeah. Because, because I know that like for me to enjoy a hangout, for example, I can't be just with Kathleen the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition for people to get to know Kathleen as an individual, I can't be with her the whole time. Right. Yeah. Just be conversations about, us as a couple and that yeah. relationship, that couple identity and not your individual. Yeah. yeah. So it's like just trying to, I'm like almost like game plan in my head. Yeah. How to make it seem natural. Right. Yeah. Even though it might not be, but just to create the opportunities for, or quote unquote organic relationships to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would totally feel like the obligation to do that and whether or not, let's say Kathleen feels after the fact felt included or felt like she had a good time that will weigh heavily on me too. So for example, okay. But like, Kathleen is like a very specific example because your emotions correct. are probably tied deeply correct. to her. Right. I, but I would say like anyone else, like if I were to bring you to meet my yeah. friend yeah. and afterwards you were like, Oh yeah, it was cool. But like, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do or know what mm-hmm. to say or whatever. I would feel some way about that. Yeah. Interesting. So that's if you brought them now, let's say, I think an interesting example is like, and this happened was when I joined Medallia, you don't have a direct responsibility Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The closest person was Sean who would have like a direct responsibility to me, but I'm new in this ecosystem. How did you feel in that scenario? Uh, I think it would largely so in this case um when we did end up interacting i felt an op- a responsibility you did yeah um but let's say i so i guess the best way to put it is like i know that i just can't do this for everyone right oh you, you can't. Like Correct. you can't. There's you can't. hundreds of people, right, that join sure. you. Thousands of people that join new companies every day. You just can't. And sure. so, a few factors that might come to mind are like, are you in a team that I'm working with? So would I interact with you mm-hmm. somewhat frequently? Mm-hmm. Do we roll up the same people manager? And then third, do we physically sit close to each other? Mm-hmm. Like, it made me not you specifically, but it made me so uncomfortable. It was like a period of time when we were in San Mateo. Um, and it was like me and you and Sadik and Kiara and Sean, right? And then it was almost like we had those four groups of tables, you remember? But Correct. like the group that was closer to the window, we had all these new people join. It made me so uncomfortable every day not knowing who they were. Oh, because of the proximity to your seat. Correct. Whereas, like, if they sat elsewhere, right, where I didn't see them every day, I would feel less awkward about it. That's so interesting. Yeah. 
Okay. So Biddy and I have talked about this once before because remember how we had that one Apple boat outing? No. Okay. I was. I mean, so I wasn't there, but I. You didn't. weren't there. Yeah. So I didn't know if you heard about it through the grapevine, since it was a Your hit free social blues event. Cruise? Okay. Monster what frame is that? <laughs> um, but when we had that, Biddy and I were like, for lack of a better word, the center of like the dance group and just like engaging with people, like bringing them into the circle, and I remember there'd be times when Biddy and I would look at each other and be like this person's not having fun. Like, what do we do? And then we would both be like, oh, it's not our responsibility for these people to have fun in this scenario. But we both like felt that responsibility because like one, we were the dance like duo that everybody was like looking at for lack, yeah, looking at. And we felt like it was our, it was our obligation to be like, all right, this is like the Apple team. Like everybody hang out and like, um, yeah, it's like a strange level of feeling responsibility. I don't know. It's, I don't, I didn't like it. I didn't like yeah. that feeling. Oh, but I feel it. the same way when I like bring friends. I, this is why I don't like mixing friend groups because I feel that like heavy responsibility of like, now I have to like make sure you can hang and you don't feel bored. And I, I don't want to like be with you all the time because like that's not the type of person I value when I bring them out. But, it, so then I just, I think there's certain people who are like really good at just like yeah. networking by themselves. Yeah. Um, this is also, so I totally agree with that. I think what's also interesting is like the flip side mm. is people who feel like zero responsibility. You they know? like throw you in the <laughs> social environment yeah. and they're like, peace. Yeah. Or like, I, I just, it's just because I can't imagine what it would be like to be, let's say on your, what'd you call it? Boat party or whatever. Yeah. To be on your boat party and not, not care if people are having a good time or not. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, this is interesting. I just don't even know what that would be like. What that would be like. I mean, so it's interesting because I would say the roles that Biddy and I play on the Apple team are this like cultural ambassador kind of role you know so if it was like city team bonding and i joined i'd be like i have no responsibility to make anybody feel good even if i was the dance queen in the center right so what if you had just joined our apple team thing and you don't have a cultural ambassador and responsibility in that group and you know there's personalities that exist like me and biddy in that group how would you feel well so i think given that this is like a work thing yeah right it would largely depend on what my role is on the team. So like I'm joining the team new, but if I'm joining as a new college grad, right? Like, yeah, I'm just going to be worried about making myself feel like I'm not the outsider because (laughs) I am right. Because I am. the outsider. Yeah. But if I were to join the team and I was new to the team, but I was to be, let's say a manager, I would feel some level of responsibility, you know, because, at some point, like I am responsible for the team's well-being, whether that mm. from like a performance standpoint, right? But mm-hmm. also from for me a cultural standpoint, because I think those two things tie together. So it would depend on like the role that I play. And like tangentially related, this is yeah. the same reason why you said like you don't like mixing groups is kind of a similar-ish reason, maybe to a lesser extent, of why I don't enjoy hosting as much. 
Really? Yeah. Like, like can uh, you explain? so it's the same thing, right? Where if I, when you're introducing one, like merging two friend groups together, you're the common thread. And so you feel like an obligation to have to make sure things are gelling. And so when that happens at the end of the hangout, you might feel like, Oh, half my time wasn't actually spent yeah. enjoying the moment, mm-hmm. but figuring out like, how do I connect these people? <laughs> so in a similar vein, if I'm hosting something at my place, I will feel a responsibility and I'm sure everyone actually does when they host. Yeah. But the, res- the thing that I feel is so much so that it makes the experience less enjoyable. Because at the end of the night, I end up feeling super tired. Like, wait, I didn't even talk to that many people. I just mm. had the time, like, making sure everyone had a cup. They weren't spilling. The food was warm. You know, all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. That's actually why, like, many, many of my friends have probably just never been to my house. Wow. Okay, I'm going to counter you with my experience of you at work. Uh-huh. But maybe work is a different scenario. <clears throat> you often at work organize these big bonding events of like, yeah, like our squad versus your squad, type race, <clears throat> food, <laughs> food, whatever, creation. So, and I think there's a valid explanation that you're probably going to go into of like what your role is at work versus your role is at home. But why did you feel like okay with hosting those events? So, so this is an interesting thing. Um, I, I actually realized this. I am I, um, I'm very good about bringing people together. Hmm. But what we do when we're together is less of my concern. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like when i plan a trip with kathleen i'm just concerned about buying the ticket the plane ticket to get there mm-hmm. what we do i couldn't care less mm-hmm. so in a similar vein i'm really into like finding the time bring everyone like hey m- make sure you're free on this date we're gonna plan oh. something Three, four hours we're all gonna get together at a park right and then there's gonna be a cool office olympics but normally I'm not the one involved in planning like the events or the oh. will compete in. Normally it's just like, oh, whoever wants to do it, they can do it. I, I will feel some responsibility to make sure the event goes through smoothly because mm-hmm. like I brought it up. But like the nitty gritty details of like who's bringing what, you know, like drinks, yeah. silverware, food, like I don't, y'all do whatever you want. I just want everyone mm-hmm. there on one place. Okay. How much of this is contingent upon the people that are coming? Meaning like most folks on, for the example of our Olympics, most folks on Apple and city are like cool people who get along and are energetic and will mm-hmm. have a good time. Literally regardless. So if you were like, we're just going to sit in a park, we'd be like, all right, like yeah. that sounds great. We're going to have a good time how much of their character influences your feeling like whatever, I'm just going to say four hour block and whatever we do, it's going to be fine. Uh, yeah, it's 80% is the vibe mm. that I think will be the case. And 20% is like my responsibility. But if I knew it would help with like team building creating office culture, things like that. 
despite the fact that the people may not be the most fun, I still would have probably forced something. You would have. Maybe your personality would have been like more on, you know, like you would be trying to facilitate. Correct. Right. Yeah. Which is exhausting, but can be done. Interesting. Okay. I have another question because I was debating about adding cultural identity or like some form of that in our description for our podcast. Because I think we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, and my question for you is something that came up a while ago, which is how has your identity, specifically race, been beneficial to you in your life? And how has it been detrimental to you in your life? Wait, so I, okay, I would actually love to hear your response to this because mine might be very different than most people. I think we might have talked about this too offline sometime. Oh, yeah? The idea of like race in... Yeah, in where you grew up. Yeah, yeah. And for me, yeah, the answer is just, I haven't, I haven't felt, mm, yeah. Like I just haven't felt either mm, advantage ever, advantage. ever. Maybe like t- some cases, but not enough to make a lasting impact that I would remember. Like maybe remember. I'm more credible when I talk about math. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I've very rarely ever been in a situation, even when I was in Omaha, Nebraska, on a work trip. Really? I've never felt like, oh, I'm the odd one out because I'm Asian or I'm not as credible or they're not taking me as seriously. So yeah. does that mean you didn't think about your race at all? Or did you say like, did you have self-talk that was because I'm Asian and I work mm-hmm. in software, I'm credible and I'm good at this. And I went to Berkeley, like all these things. Did you have that kind of self-talk? Uh, it was, I got, I deboarded the plane, walked into the omaha airport which by the way the security check in omaha is terrible like it takes that's what you remember dion you're like i don't have any my first actually my first memory walking out is like looking around and thinking i think i'm the only asian person in this entire building and i think everyone knows it too but i didn't feel weird about it does that make sense like Mm -hmm. it was just like whoa this the situation is strange but never did I think, oh, like I'm going to have to be someone else or, or whatever. Yeah. It was just like, okay, cool. And it wasn't even like, oh, but I work in software and I'm presenting to all these white people. So I'm credible. It was just, I'm credible. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way I answered this question, I think was from like, a, if I was part of my ethnic group, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it is true that I am, but if I was speaking from like the ethnic group perspective, it would be Indians are thought of as like smarter and good at math and hardworking and whatever. And I felt like those are just advantageous to me because people assume that about me. Mm. One thing I think is interesting for like Indian women, which I'm not sure if this is true, but what I've observed is like a lot of Indian women that I have worked with are more quiet than me. And so I felt like, oh, I'm breaking the stereotype of working with Indian women, of Indian women in a workplace, because I'm not quiet. And I remember the scenario, and I want to include this, so I'm not going to say names. I remember the scenario where it was like first three months at work, and we had this like 
exercise. I don't remember. We used to have these like PS accelerator things, remember? Mm -hmm. And it was this one where they pretended that you had a client quality incident and they put you in two teams and my team was two people who started with me and we were trying to figure out what the issue was and then figure out who, how to communicate this with like with the client. And so this one person, so I was like really excited because I like to do these fun challenges Uh and I was just very talkative and loud and I figured it out very fast and like communicated this client issue. And then later the person who was running this training, who was like a senior manager at the time came up to my desk like a few hours later and he was like, Oh, you did a really good job. And this person on my team at the time in that exercise was like, you were being so loud. Like, why were you saying, why were you talking so loud? It was so annoying. And I think he meant it as a joke. And I also took it as a joke at that time. But then I was like, bro, if I was, I didn't know how much of it was related to me being a woman, me with my race, but it led me to think of that. Like, if I was a man, would you have said that? Like, Mm. would you have said that to my face even? Mm you may have said that to someone else, but saying it to me is different. Like that means that you felt comfortable enough to doubt my, like my appearance and acting in this workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think I realized I was like, Oh, I think I'm probably louder than most people who look like me or come from my background in in the workplace. Um, I think the disadvantage is, and I think this might be overarching for Asian people, but like, the internal racist tendencies are rampant. Mm. Like my people I know are racist against other minority groups and it's just very sad. And I think that puts us at a severe disadvantage because yeah, it's just a really sad, like for the new generation, I think it's really hard for us to have conversations with the older generation about race because so much of this like anti POC has come into play from having like struggle and being a minority and like pitting the minorities against each other, which just right. serves the majority. Like it just serves the majority. Right. Um, from a personal perspective though, I think, how has it disadvantaged me? I think I put it in my head of like, if I'm interacting with two more tenured white men, I think to myself, I am a minority woman. And I feel inferior in this situation, even though it may not be true. I think that definitely comes in my head. Like I definitely notice race and tenure um, and relate that to some sort of power. Hmm. There was another question. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Wait, there was another thing that my friend and I were thinking about related to race, which was, I don't know if this happens to you. But when I'm in the city or like when I'm walking around in a very populated place, immediately I will notice an Indian person, like notice where they're standing, notice (laughs) who they're with. Like, I just know it. Even if I'm on the bus, I'm looking down at my phone or reading a book. They enter the bus. I know what seat they're in. If there was a fire, I would know to look at them and be like, let's evacuate fellow compadre. Like (laughs) I just can notice them so fast. Yeah. So my question is, does this happen to you? And what do you think happens for white people when there's just a lot of white people? Do you just notice white people? Okay. Is, do you notice both Indian men and women? Yes. So as long as they're brown. Oh yeah. And I'm like connected. We're connected. I'm sure they look into my eyes too. We just like (laughs) connect. 
it, I'm not kidding. It happens. No. Yeah. No. Interesting. Um, no, I, I mean, like, I kind of get it because I can kind of, kind of relate, but overall, like, not to the levels that you are. Like, so I don't. You're on like a bus or on the train. You're not like, oh, there's another Chinese person. Uh, I mean, I'll notice it, but I won't be like, ooh, my man. If things get bad, we gotta like. Okay, you know, I don't gotta... say it out. <laughs> I'm no, not no, no, I don't. Like I don't. Right, right. I, but I don't think we're tethered. Does that make sense? And once again, I think this um, is just being in the Bay Area. It's just like, oh, there's another person. Interesting. Yeah. But there's no, because I remember I was explaining this to my white male friend and I was like, mm-hmm. it's like, there's just like level of community that exists. Like, and then it like proved itself right when we we're going down the elevator. Have I told you about this? There was like an Indian <laughs> no. man on the elevator and he's like, hi. And I was like, hi, how are you? And he's like, well, it's just the two of you. And my white male friend, he was like witnessing me and this Indian uncle talk. And then later he, we got out of the elevator. He's like, did you know that guy? And I was like, no, he just, he's Indian. Yes. Ooh, but that, that's a thing that distinguishes uh, the brown community and yeah. the yellow community. Is they, there's no tight. like, you guys don't like, tight. what's up? Like, oh, definitely not. No. Definitely not. No. Although I will say one thing that does happen where it leads to like a oh what's up moment is if two people realize they speak the same language i think oh. it, one of the difficulties and this is just me being ignorant like i don't know how many languages indian people speak but mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's, it's actually as a chinese as a <clears throat> taiwanese person um it can be difficult to tell like are you taiwanese are you chinese mm. you speak cantonese mm. uh, are you korean japanese some of those are a little easier but like mm-hmm, mm-hmm generally you don't acknowledge uh, but then what i've noticed a lot is like when two adults one of them starts speaking let's say cantonese and the other person speaks cantonese they'll start being a little more friendly towards each other mm-hmm. i think maybe it's because it's just a communication thing like you just don't know if yeah if i say something like will you understand or will i look like an idiot mm-hmm. whereas and i feel like i can say this growing up in fremont like Indian people are tight. Like, oh, we hang. You guy, yeah, I, it's insane. It's, to me, it's like, it's, it's actually quite envious. Yeah. But I'm sure there are downsides, as I've heard from my Indian friends, but like, mm-hmm. just the level of knowing someone who knows someone, I feel like you guys are probably two or three degrees of separation. Oh, That's, yeah. Like, yeah. It's actually unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. I think that's definitely true. The connection is... Also, I think it's informed by the language. Like, I'm curious for you. I mean, at least in Hindi... I mean, there's like 26 languages in India or something like that. But in a lot of them, the way you talk to people is like brother or sister. Like, when we go to the store, we'll always say like, bye which is like brother when you're like Uh buying something and just like a very familial and very cute language to like Mm -hmm. talk to people in, which I think that transfers a little bit when you like interact with each other. It's just like, what up homie? Like, I don't know who you are, but it seems like we'd get along. Right. Uh, It's kind of like that in, I would say like older generations of Chinese people, especially like in China or Taiwan, you would say like, um, which is like, older brother 
but mm-hmm. when you're referring to just someone who's older than you or like uncle or whatever mm-hmm. not so i feel like not so much here to strangers yeah 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 interesting i like it yeah i feel like we should Bro, go look at your arm i'm just telling you your arm is filling out your sleeve i mean i think i've also like when after i went on keto i bought smaller shirts because i could fit oh and so it's a little bit that's what i was telling franny was like i want to fill out my sleeves and i was like bro go to extra small (laughs) straight to extra small (laughs) Uh, oh man wait we should like have them on the podcast yeah yeah i feel like there are a couple recurring um, folks that we mentioned we should just do like a rotation you know get them on yeah franny if you're listening right now at Roshni Desai 7 in my Venmo handle. Please. Yeah. Minimum yeah. $5. Minimum $5. And we'll get you on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll give you a plug. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, dude. All right. Anything else you want to chat about? No. I'm going to go work out. Get those gains. All right. I'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Please email us at inlifepod at gmail.com with your topic suggestions and recommendations. And you can send fan mail to at size 7 Venmo handle. We only accept fan mail in the form of Venmo. <laughs> We're trying to make passive streams of income. Please help us. Also, the email is inlifepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> But yeah, it would be great, you know, if, if the listeners out there could send us some fan mail so I can upgrade my internet. That would be... <laughs> yeah. Write it off as an expense. In Life LLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you liked what you heard, send us an email at inlifepod at gmail.com for a question you'd like us to discuss. Thanks for listening. <laughs>